Ladies and gentlemen, live from the world's most beautiful city, San Francisco, California, Ring Talk, your inside look into the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. I expose people to magic. I expose them to something they're never otherwise going to see in their boring, normal lives. And I gave that to them. Ring Talk on Sports Byline is brought to you by the World Boxing Organization and ringtalk.com. That's how I roll. And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in history. Radical people like Sean Penn and Mel Gibson and Colin Farrell and Pedro Fernandez. Radical people. Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it this hour, we're talking boxing. Forthcoming hour, we're talking MMA on Sports Byline. Straight up, my name is Pedro Fernandez. I'm the reigning, the defending, basically the undisputed heavyweight champion of the radio airwaves, having defended that title off for better than 33 years. Straight up today, we're talking... The status of the game of boxing, of course, MMA in hour number two, but straight up hour number one, we're talking about Canelo Alvarez, of course, the hottest fighter in all of Mexico, the pay-per-view star, 42-1-1, of course, the current WBO 154-pound champion, sat down with us for a second with me at the WBO convention this past week in San Juan, Puerto Rico, of course, the 17th through the 21st at the Caribbean Hotel in San Juan. It was great. Only saw one mosquito. He was in my room. He was friendly. We didn't have a problem. Uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. But i got to tell you this. If you go to Puerto Rico, expect to spend some money. Unless you stay with the the uh, the people, your peeps, expect to spend a lot of money because a cocktail at the hotel, get this, was 18 bucks. So I didn't drink that much. I don't drink that much to begin with, especially at 18 bucks a pop. So we have open phone lines all around the world. one 800 878 1-800-878-7529. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio. Anyway, we're talking about Canelo and Gennady Golovkin being in the same ring in 2017. That's right. Canelo basically saying it's going to go down in September 2017, the big match, Golovkin and Canelo for the title. You are tuned to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Some pizzazz to your life. Experience the thrilling excitement of Catfish Bend Casino. Now you have a thousand reasons to play every Sunday in October and November. Play your favorite slots during the week and you could be entered to win $1,000 in free play each Sunday. Drawings are held every Sunday at 6 p.m. Hurry in and you could win only at Catfish Bend Casino. Find your thrill. Come out and play at Catfish Bend Casino. Pizzazz. Many destinations. One amazing place. Your own personal box office awaits you at TicketsAlways.com across the street from historic Wrigley Field. Up the stairs to a stairway to heaven. The best seats at fair prices at box office tickets at TicketsAlways.com. Professional user-friendly website at TicketsAlways.com. This truly could be the year for your Chicago Cubs. Have a great seat to perhaps watch baseball history unfold on the north side. A ticket agency on your side. Box office tickets. TicketsAlways.com. When I took over this farm from my dad, I knew our future success required making major changes in our operations. That meant adding acreage, more and bigger equipment, investing in powerful technology, hiring employees. We even started a seed business. Fortunately, working together with Grinnell Mutual and my local farm mutual, my agent was able to cover everything. I call that progress. Organization is a big deal in most areas of the home, but nowhere is it more important than the laundry room. I'm Danny Lipford with tips for today's homeowner. Stay tuned and we'll talk about how to get the most from yours right after this. Fall means cooler temperatures, beautiful colors, and long hours of raking leaves. Until now, introducing the new dual tine leaf rake from Ames. With a double row of tines and clog-free design, it rakes up to 45% faster than standard rakes, making leaf raking easier than ever. It even comes with a detachable hand rake for cleaning under shrubs and in tight spaces. The Ames Dual Tine Leaf Rake. Leaves hate it, you'll love it. 
Available now at the Home Depot and other fine retailers. The laundry room is one of the busiest areas in the home, and yet they're usually not that large. So here are a few tips to maximize their efficiency. Create a series of hamper-sized shelves or cubbies to make sorting clothes by color easier and more efficient. You can arrange them vertically or horizontally depending on your layout. You can never have too much shelving, so consider adding some up near the ceiling. A shelf that is flush with the tops of door casings can run all the way around the room and provide lots of extra storage, plus a handy place to mount a closet rod for hanging clothes. Tall, shallow shelving above or adjacent to the washing machine is also a good idea for detergent, bleach, and other laundry products. I'm Danny Lipford with tips for today's homeowner. Pedro, let me let me tell, let, let me tell you something, man. Congratulations on your long time in radio. You are your team, and for your ratings, man, I was reading about that. I'm very uh, impressed with you, Pedro. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. I'm great. Thank you, Pedro. I'm great. I feel great. Okay, so where do I start? I just got back from San Juan, Puerto Rico. It was beautiful there, as I mentioned in the opening. Of course, the for almost five days in the island of the sun. And that's what I call it because it's just beautiful. The weather's just perfect. And of course, you know, uh, having some Puerto Rican blood may I guess I'm a little biased, but there are a lot of islands in the Caribbean. I've been to Aruba, Antigua, I can go on and on. But the bottom line is nothing smells quite like the rice and beans of Puerto Rico. Right on PR. And I hope you guys can improve that economy real soon. You are tuned to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. The reason why I was there... Was it the 29th annual World Boxing Organization Convention was going down, down down there in San Juan, Puerto Rico? Of course, the WBO based in San Juan starting 29 years ago. Now they're going to move their base to Florida. That'll happen in 2017. So the WBO is on the move. Puerto Rico's got some economic issues. I talked about the $18 cocktail in the open. And guess what? The guy serving me the $18 cocktails, he's making five bucks an hour. I mean, something's wrong with that picture, okay? Like I say, I've always, you know, people say blame the government for, for jobs and blame the government for, for wages. No, no, blame the corp, blame the bosses. Blame the fact there are no unions demanding demanding wages. Actually, this guy told me he was in a union and make them five fifty an hour. That's how bad things are. You think things are bad here in the United States. Five fifty an hour. Five fifty an hour. That's the minimum wage. He gets tips for five fifty an hour. Holy cow! And you got to split the tips with the other two bartenders. Anyway, it was a good trip for me. I got to see a lot of people, like Jackie Sunshine Smith. hadn't seen her in a while. Actually, I saw her last year at the WBO convention. It was on the very last day as we were getting on the bus leaving. So it was sort of cool to see Jackie. Spent some time with Celestino Ruiz, of course. Um, spent a spent about an hour in a medical conference with Dr. Paul Wallace of Los Angeles, circa LA fame down there. Good doctor, um, boxing doctor now for at least, I guess, 25 years. But he went into a little rant or a spiel, call it what you want, but he sort of scolded referees. And he said, you know, you guys are thinking like old school. You guys are thinking like 1950 stuff. And what he brought up was the, the fact that, you know, when referees, when a guy gets knocked down in a fight, the referee automatically looks to the fighter that's not been knocked down because it's his job to get that fighter to a neutral corner. So he makes that his number one priority when in all actuality, the number one priority should be watching the fighter getting knocked down. You want to see if his eyes are closed on the way down. Is he knocked out? Will the ground wake him up? Is that what's going on here? Because that's happened a few times to people. Okay. Is he concussed? Are the eye, have his eyes rolled back in his head? I mean, there's all kinds of little neurological nuances you're going to be able to see as this fighter is going down and as he hits the canvas, okay? Hopefully, you can get in there like John Shirley has a California-Texas-based referee, of course. He's caught a bunch of guys being knocked out. That's sort of weird how he does that, but he's in a position to catch guys. But the referee needs to keep total attention on the fighter being hurt and being downed. And I think that Wallace said... He just hit a grand slam with this because I thought about it. You know, that's what the referee's always done is push the guy off to the neutral corner. I remember when I've knocked guys down, the referee's always making sure I'm in the neutral. Okay, get back to the neutral corner, push him back to the neutral corner. He isn't worried about the guy climbing off the canvas, okay, or trying to climb off the canvas when, in all actuality, he should be focused 100% and entirely on the down fighter, on the hurt fighter. This is how injuries occur, folks, because referees don't see the concussion. Uh, that's obvious to everybody. 
when you boom, you get concussed, your eyes roll back in your head or your eyes close, or you're on the way down and you get woken up by the ground. Like I just said, um, you've been concussed. You have been neurologically short circuited. That's the way I put it. It's the way easiest way I can put it for put it to you. OK, you've been neurologically short circuited. You need to come back. OK, but you need to rest. Once that's happened, no more fighting. Not for that day, not for like 90 days, maybe not for six months. And I'm of the opinion that when a fighter gets knocked out, I know um, uh, I side on the side, uh, I side on on the side of caution here because I think that a fighter should be off six months. And I don't mean off six months from the ring because some of these guys you get six months some suspensions and they fight six months to the day. Well, that means they've been in the ring in the gym sparring for maybe a month, two months, and that's just not cool. That's where a lot of this damage takes place, and that's sort of unregistered. It's unmonitored. You know what I mean? Guys get knocked out in the gym all the time. I, I used to drill guys in Newman's gym, and I won't mention them, but they would go out and fight in pro cards like a week, two weeks later. I mean, drill them, too, either with body shots or like tremendous bop, bop, bop combinations of the head, and they'd fall, okay, with sparring gloves on. So what I'm trying to tell you is that we didn't know back then. We just didn't know. And, you know, I thank God that I wasn't on the the negative side of any uh, sparring. I'll put it this way. I owned guys in sparring. I was a better guy in the gym than I was in the uh, in the ring, I think. And I think to a certain extent, I think that prolonged my, uh, uh, my longevity as far as my safety is concerned, as far as the fact that I didn't get damaged. And I told you the old story that in 1988, I believe, that, you know, I was fighting a guy that I had beaten up in the gym a few times. I mean, smoked him in the gym. This shouldn't even been close. And this was a close fight. It went to the decision. And as the decision is going to be announced, my, I looked, at, looked down at my mother who was holding my robe. And I said, Mom, I said, it's over. And so she was, you haven't even heard the decision yet. So I'm like, shut up. You know, you haven't heard the decision. No, 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 Mom, it's over. I knew right then and there it was over. Because guys that were, guys that were being, I was dominating before. And we're now making it close fights. And this had a lot to do with the fact that I was getting older. And B, I got hurt about, mm, about two, three years earlier in 1985. So never the same after the 85 injury. But still, I got to tell you, you know, you got to know when to walk away. I knew when to walk away because I sort of studied the game. I, I studied Ali. I studied different people. I studied how the, the personality changes would start. Now, Ali's thing was, was a pugilistic, uh, going to put this it wasn't dementia it was parkinson's syndrome because when ali and i were together there was no punch drunk uh he wasn't punch drunk we could talk about things i mean we talk about the, things current events we talk about history we talk about the muslims we talk about all kinds of different subjects i mean it was laborious for him to talk that was the problem is that it was so difficult for him to get the thought from his mind to his mouth but the thoughts were there and he'd write them down for you. He, he, he was a good writer. He used to scribble a lot of notes down. He also used to draw these horrible cartoons. He drew a couple of horrible cartoons of me. I think that Jack Welsh was a better cartoonist. In fact, these two guys, the late Jack Welsh, a, once a Philadelphia Inquirer uh, sports reporter, I believe, and Muhammad Ali, of course, both these guys artists, and they're both drawing pictures of me on this van in China, and they're both having uh, disparaging views of me as far as their cartoonist views were concerned. Ali, <laughs> Ali was a great guy. Of course, the magical tricks we used to pull with kids. He'd make me his stooge, and I'd stand next to him, and we'd do these magical tapes tricks with handkerchiefs and all that kind of good stuff and the fake thumb. And, man, he was just the guy to be around. He just was the guy to be around. I don't know if I got how I got off on a tangent about him, but it's just – it was emotional this week. I saw some clips of Muhammad Ali back in the day, and there was a couple of press conferences I was present at, and I saw one of them where I could see the back of my head, and it was just, it was just a little bit, a little bit sad to realize, you know, he's no longer with us. At the age of seventy-four, he checked out. Muhammad Ali has left the building, and you know, I never really dwelled much on it when it happened because of the fact that I'm such an emotional twit that I get all into it, and I'm afraid I'll start crying on the air and things like that. So I didn't delved into Ali's death when it happened. I just couldn't get into it deep. And that was the reason. People said to me, you know, you sort of glossed over the death of Muhammad Ali. I didn't gloss over his death. How could I gloss over his death? It was consuming my mind for days, if not weeks. I just didn't know what to say and how to say it. You just, I mean, this was, wow, this was a big blow. I mean, I expected it. His son, Magnum, had said a couple of years ago in an email that, you know, he was hoping his father would pass soon because he was in so much pain. So when I read stories like that coming from the kid, I mean, man, that just that was just unbelievably painful. And of course, I know his wife, Lonnie. Gosh, she stood by his side all through those hard times. I mean, when she came on board, 
things weren't great, but things were okay. And as far as his health was concerned, and of course, his health started to deteriorate. The Parkinson's became worse. And, you know, Lonnie was there. Lonnie Ali, she's just, just a wonderful lady. And in fact, I think it, you know, behind every great fighter, behind every great man, behind every great person is a great person. The great person behind Muhammad Ali was not Elijah Muhammad. It was not Wallace Muhammad, his manager, the son of the of Elijah Muhammad. No, no. It was his wife, his last wife, his final wife, the third wife, Lonnie Ali. You are tuned to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Open phone lines all around the world, if you dare. one 800 878-PLAY, that's 1-800-878-7529. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Hour number one on Sports Byline. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Pull out your smartphone and Shazam this now. Go ahead. I'll wait. Geico presents the Shazam 15, featuring the top 15 Shazam songs in the U.S. Make sure you Shazam now to check it out. Interact with Geico to gecko yourself and share it with friends. You can even get a free quote. Shazam now and experience more with Geico. The Shazam 15, brought to you by Geico. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you can save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Do you use the blue pill to charge your sex life? Have you been thinking about trying the blue pill? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for the other blue pills. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in a non-marked package. 800-223-0992 800-223-0992 That's 800-223-0992 If you or someone you care about is trapped by addiction to drugs or alcohol, then don't miss this life-changing message from the Addiction Recovery Network. Hi, I'm Adam Weil. I'm CEO of the Addiction Recovery Network. Addiction doesn't discriminate, and treatment's not a one-size-fits-all approach. There's no cure for addiction. Addiction is a lifelong journey that people struggle with every day. We find the best treatment centers that have the full continuum of care that will ultimately give people the best chance to succeed. Dealing with an addiction is hard enough. Finding the right treatment shouldn't be. Please, if you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, don't wait till it's too late. We're here to help. Make one of the most important calls of your life. The call is confidential and could save your life or the life of someone you love. Private insurance could cover the entire cost, so call 800-300-3388. That's 800-300-3388. 800-300-3388. I think boxing is dangerous. Uh, any man being hit in the head... The brain's a delicate thing. I think it, sh- it should be well protected. If a fellow's not qualified, he shouldn't be allowed to fight. 
But football has proven to have more deaths. Baseball, ice hockey, horse racing is a uh, car racing is much more dangerous. But I would uh, advise nobody to box if they get hit too much and it's too dangerous. Now more ring talk with Pedro Fernandez. He is the greatest fighter of all times next to me. I am the greatest fighter of all time next to him. Talking about Muhammad Ali. Of course, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide, 33 years in the making, folks. People laugh and they say to me, um, what, what, what started you off on radio? What was the kicker? Well, somebody challenged me. Much like they challenged me to a fight back in the day. They challenged me to do That's how the boxing career got started. And they challenged me to do a radio show. So here we are, 33 years now. Award-winning writer, of course, kicking ass 24-7 here at Sports Byline. Live Worldwide every Saturday and Sunday. At 11 a.m. Pacific time, we talk ring talk for a Saturday, an hour. It's brought to you by the World Boxing Organization. Of course, Sunday, two hours at 11 a.m. Pacific time, an hour of boxing and an hour of mixed martial arts. But wait, I'm not done. We've got a great schedule. We come back at 5 p.m. Sundays uh, with no holds barred. Do an hour of pro wrestling, do some boxing, and some MMA. Of course, I've got co-hosts on that program, Dr. Mike Leno and Zach Attack Young. But wait, wait, wait. I do a thing on Saturday nights. I have a lot of fun with this show, folks. Of course, I did stand-up comedy back in the day. We talk about the 80s and the 90s, or late 80s, early 90s, when stand-up was king, okay? But um, I couldn't make any money doing it. A couple $25 gigs here and there was going to get me rich. Anyway, I was doing it for the love of the game. But my name back then was Johnny Taco. So on Saturday nights, I get to revert back to this alter ego, this stand-up comedy role of mine as Johnny Taco. And do Johnny Taco and his all-stars. Of course, we do two hours of comedy, social issues. Oh, we do some sports as well. But the bottom line is we try to entertain you for two hours and take you away from the the real world at large, okay? Straight up, we're talking uh, boxing on Sports Byline each and every Saturday and Sunday right here on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. But Johnny Taco and his All-Stars, we take things in a different direction. Now, safety in the ring. Safety in the boxing ring, in my mind, has always begun with the referee. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of times I would be as a ring announcer, I would conclude my opening spiel with something like, you know, and now the most important person in the house is the the ringside physician, Dr. Christian Bernard of South Africa. Actually, he, he, he performed the first heart transplant back in 1967. I thought maybe you'd figure that one out, but maybe you didn't. Anyway, the bottom line is the referee is really the most important person in the ring. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you say the doctor this, the doctor that. No, you know, the doctor, if the referee does his job, the referee uh, does things right, and the referee prevents injury, and the referee stops the fight at the right time, for the most part, the doctor's not going to get involved. I mean, the doctor's probably going to tell some guy, hey, sit down, I need to examine you in the dressing room or something like that, but it's just not going to happen. It's really not. And, we, you know, I talked in, to a lot of doctors and, like I said, Paul Wallace, the aforementioned Paul Wallace and referees and judges this week at the WBL convention in Puerto Rico, and the, the theme was all about safety. It was all about safety. How can we improve a sport which is basically um, – Control violence. I mean, uh, uh, you know, one guy's trying, one guy or one girl is trying to impose their mental or physical will on another person. I mean, that's what this is. I mean, a lot of people say it's the sweet science. Who, who called it that? Ernest Hemingway, that literary icon. But, you know, the sweet science could be outright brutal. And you and I know this. This is what it's all about. A lot of people tune in for the brutality. Some tune in for the sweet science, you know, the boxing, the moving, the the hit, not get hit. That's what this game's all about. But you wouldn't know it from looking at guys today. I mean, we don't have the greatest defensive fighters out there outside of Floyd Mayweather. He really wasn't an offensive fighter. He was more of a defensive showman in my mind. Of course, my uh, opinion on Mayweather goes back to hmm, 1996 when he cried and lost at the Olympic trials, when he lost that decision to Augie Sanchez over in Oakland, California. He lied, cried, threw his gloves. He threw a big tantrum. This thing. He broke down mentally. He was broken down mentally by a 3-2 split decision loss in the Olympic trials. So he came back. He was put on the team and won an Olympic bronze medal, of course, in 1996, has went undefeated as a pro, but 49-0 now, trying to match Rocky Marciano's record. Well, you know, I dogged Rocky Marciano a lot because Rocky Marciano fought his brother two or three times, okay? But, I, you know, his brother probably put up better fights than the guys that Floyd fought. I mean, Floyd always fought guys who were like either down the hill or over the mountain. I mean, just like he never fought guys at their prime. He never wanted to fight guys at their prime. He made them wait. I mean, even guys, most of these guys would have never had a chance with him. The only one that really had a chance on beating him, I think really giving him a good beating, was Antonio Margarito early on before he got caught cheating. 
before they caught him with those plaster of Paris pads in his gloves. Anyway, back to the safety of boxing, okay? Now, Mayweather, smart guy. Doesn't want to engage, doesn't want to get hit, doesn't want to think, uh, doesn't want to have those three words in his future, C-T-E, which basically means brain damage from impacts. And, you know, I, I'll have a doctor on the show next week, and his name is really, really tough, so I, I'll just call him Nan. And uh, the doc will be on next week. We'll talk about concussions and concussions in boxing. He was telling me that concussions occur <clears throat> before the concussion. And I said, huh? What do you mean by that? He says, well, during a, a round or during sparring sessions, when somebody's getting cracked, they said, you know, they're suffering little mini concussions. There are a lot of mini concussions that, that happen before the actual bleed. So what he's trying to tell me is that, Boxing causes brain damage. I, I couldn't believe it. I, couldn't, I was stunned. I couldn't believe it. He also said that the NFL football causes brain damage. I was like, I was taken aback. I had to call Jerry Jones on the phone. The owner of the Dallas Cowboys said, Jerry, Jerry, I'm in San Juan, Puerto Rico right now. You're not going to believe what I was just told. What's that, Pedro? That, that the NFL, that, 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 that football, pro football causes brain damage. There's no correlation between the NFL and brain damage, Pedro. That's Jerry Jones. Well, that's the way he feels. Well, this doctor obviously was straight up about it, even though he's a big boxing fan. And I thought this was really, really unique. I mean, here was a guy who's a huge boxing fan, and he's a brain doctor. I mean, is that sort of like, uh, I don't know. I mean, ironic or what? I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, when I read his resume and this and that, I said to myself, oh, man, here comes a guy. He's going to come out here. He's going to slam the sport. He's going to spend about you know, 20 minutes denigrating the sport, everybody involved in it, the officials don't care, this doesn't, you know, no, no, he wasn't that way. He was straight up, I mean, one of the most sound and, and, and uh, proficient speakers I've ever heard in my life when it comes to neurologic, neurological damage from contact sports, combat sports, and yes, they happen. People get hit, sometimes there's, there's a price to pay. I mean, I was lucky, like I told you earlier, when I, I knew when it, when, when it was time to go, I knew. Guys were getting close to me. Plus, you know, I had this pretty boy image. I didn't want to get all busted up. There was no black guys, no major black guys or, or, or cuts or that kind of good stuff in my boxing career. I think I had one black guy back in, in 82 when I won my first Golden Glove championship. But I wore that black guy along with the title, so that was sort of cool. But outside of that, I wasn't in the bruises, okay? That just wasn't part of my forte. We have open phone lines around the world if you want to join us, one 800 878 played us 1-800-878-7529. At 40 minutes past hour, we'll segue into a uh, segment with Muhammad Ali's wife, Lani Ali. And what I mean by that is we're going to talk about, well, actually, I'm just going to let her talk about Muhammad Ali. She'll talk about him, of course, on the day of his funeral. And that was a big day in her life. And, of course, she knew it was coming. She knew it was coming for a long, long time, folks. We all knew it was coming for a long, long time ago. It was just, it was just, it was so emotional that I haven't had the, the, the ability to talk about it until now. So I'm glad that we've got, got it on tape. We've held it until now. And we'll talk about that in depth. But back to safety and boxing. You heard Ali saying, you know, if you're not if you're not cut out for this, you're not cut out for this. I remember a guy that was put in a fight out there on 3rd Street. They had a gym out here in San Francisco on 3rd Street. A 3rd Street boxing gym, I think is what it's called. And the guy had no prior boxing experience. They put him in one of these smoker fights and he got killed. Not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. I mean, you know, it, yeah, deaths happen, but some people, some people, folks, should not be in boxing. I mean, there were guys that came in the gym, whether they had a glass jaw or whether they couldn't hold them, their hands upright, or they, one guy had a nose that was so big, I told him, I wouldn't box if I were you. He said, why? I said, that nose is just, it made Jimmy Durante's nose, look it up on Google, it made Jimmy Durante's nose look like really, really small. I'm telling you, this guy had the biggest nose I ever saw in my life, and he wanted to box. His nose was bigger than his face. I mean, it was like grossly big. And I told him, you can't box, man. He said to me, you're discriminating me against me? You don't want to train me because I got a big nose? I said, no, I don't want to train you because it ain't going to work. You got a nose like that, it's going to be a target. People will be pounding on the left and right, man. It's like, his nose is incredibly big. Anyway, that was a big, good story. Ali after the break with Lonnie Ali. Until then, of course, we've got Sports Byline coming to you 24-7 via the web, folks. Check out our website. 24-7, I'm talking about sportsbyline.com. This is the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, the American Forces Network, iTunes, Stitcher.com. And I'm throwing all that all out there because my man Carl King, the son of 
Don King, the world's greatest promoters, listening to the show via the internet at sportsbyline.com. Hit the listen live button right on Carl King. Hope to have Carl on the show in the near future. Man, if Carl could tell all the stories he knows, would he? Man, all the stories he knows. Carl could write a book. Carl could write 10 movies. The son of Don King. Wow, what a life that was. You are tuned to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Open phone lines after the Ali segment. 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7529. This is Sports Byline. If you or someone you love suffers from drug addiction, now is the time to utilize your private health insurance PPO plan. If eligible, receive up to $30,000 or more in substance abuse benefits with low or no out-of-pocket cost. We are the National Treatment Network, the premier drug and alcohol treatment referral service operating 24-7. We help connect you with facilities nationwide that accepts PPO private health insurance for substance abuse. If you have PPO substance abuse coverage and you need immediate admittance to a medical detox or residential rehab treatment center, call us now. Call our live referral helpline today. The call is free. This program is not available to Medicare or Medicaid customers. Call 800-296-0906. 800-296-0906. 800-296-0906. That's 800-296-0906. Hey there. Did you know that with a bachelor's degree, on average, you could make almost twice as much over a lifetime than a person with just a high school diploma? It's true. According to the 2012 U.S. Census Bureau, college grads with a bachelor's degree make almost twice as much as high school grads. Now, going back to school is easier than ever at Independence University. Log on and complete coursework from the park or the beach or even your couch watching the kids. And Independence University gives you the tools, a free tablet and laptop for undergrad students to use and keep when they graduate. That's right. Get a laptop so you can go to college from anywhere. Take the first step to a new career in business, information technology, healthcare, or graphic arts. Call to find the online degree program that's right for you, and you could be on your way to increasing your earning potential. 800-797-1256. 800-797-1256. That's 800-797-1256. When you need to keep a business running, or a school, or a bakery, or an HVAC shop, or an auto body garage, a cleaning service, a locksmith, a contractor, a property management company, a restaurant, a grocery store, a dry cleaner, a hotel, a moving company, a hospital, or pretty much anything. You want Granger. Granger has the products and solutions to help a growing business succeed. Whatever you need, whenever you need it. Granger's got your back. Call, clickgranger.com, or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When a belt drive blows out at 3 in the morning, who's got your back? Granger's got your back. When you need safety products to help prevent job site injuries, Granger's got your back. When you need to keep a business running or a facility or a school or a factory, Granger's got your back. Whatever you need, whenever you need it, Granger's got your back. I love Granger. You know why? Because Granger's got my back. Call, clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Joe's going to come out smoking, and I ain't going to be joking. I'll be pecking and a-poking, pouring water on his smoking. Then this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier. Now, more Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Before I introduce Lani Ali, the wife of Muhammad Ali, the widow of Muhammad Ali, I got to tell you a Lani Ali story. We're in uh, Macau, and this is 1994. We're in Macau. 
And uh, Muhammad Ali doesn't drink because he's a Muslim. So I'm sitting at the table next to him at this, this award dinner or something like that with the governor McCown, all these, these VIPs and this and that. So Ali's not drinking. He doesn't drink. So they put this uh, cognac down in front of him. So they kept saying, goodbye, goodbye every time they have a toast, right? Well, I drank my booze and I drank Ali's booze. When it was all said and done, I drank 16 shots of liquor. And Lonnie Ali walked me to my room and put me to bed that night, put to bed by the champ's wife. That was a little bit embarrassing. You are tuned to the Sports Byline broadcast so we're now without further ado the great Lonnie Ali I salam alaikum peace be upon you you know I said something to Matt Lauer yesterday that I firmly believed Muhammad had something to do with all of this and I think we are right thank you all for being here to share in this final farewell to Muhammad on behalf of the Ali family, let me first recognize our principal celebrant, Imam Zayed Shakir, and also Dr. Timothy Giannotti. We thank you for your dedication to helping us fulfill Muhammad's desire that the ceremonies of this past week reflect the traditions of his Islamic faith. And as a family, we thank the millions of people who through the miracle of social media, inspired by their love for Muhammad, have reached out to us with their prayers. The messages have come in every language from every corner of the globe. From wherever you are watching, know that we have been humbled by your heartfelt expressions of love. It is only fitting that we gather in a city to which Muhammad always returned after his great triumphs a city that has grown as Muhammad has grown. <laughs> Muhammad never stopped loving Louisville, and we know that Louisville loves Muhammad. <laughs> we cannot forget a Louisville police officer, Joe S.B. Martin, who embraced a young 12-year-old boy in distress when his bicycle was stolen. <laughs> Joe Martin handed young Cassius Clay, Clay, sorry for tripping over that last word, Clay, the keys to a future in boxing he could scarcely have imagined. America must never forget that when a cop and an inner-city kid talk to each other, then Miracles can happen. Some years ago, during his long struggle with Parkinson's in a meeting that included his closest advisors, Muhammad indicated that when the end came for him, when his, he wanted us to use his life and his death as a teaching moment for young people, for his country, and for the world. In effect, he wanted us to remind people who were suffering that he had seen the face of injustice, that he grew up in a segregation, and that during his early life, he was not free to be who he wanted to be. But he never became embittered enough to quit or to engage in violence. It was a time. It was a time when a young black boy his age could be hung from a tree, Emmett Till in Money, Mississippi, in 1955, whose admitted killers went free. It was a time when Muhammad's friends, men that he admired, like Brother Malcolm, Dr. King were gunned down and Nelson Mandela imprisoned for what they believed in. For his part, Muhammad faced federal prosecution. He was stripped of his title and his license to box, and he was sentenced to prison. But he would not be intimidated so as to abandon his principles and his values.
Muhammad wants young people of every background to see his life as proof that adversity can make you stronger. It cannot rob you of the power to dream and to reach your dreams. This is why we built the Muhammad Ali Center, and that is the essence of the Ali Center message. Muhammad wants us to see the face of his religion, Al-Islam, true Islam, as the face of love. It was his religion that caused him to turn away from war and violence. For his religion, he was prepared to sacrifice all that he had and all that he was to protect his soul and follow the teachings of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So even in death, Muhammad has something to say. He is saying that his faith required that he take the more difficult road. It is far more difficult to, be, to sacrifice oneself in the name of peace than to take up arms in pursuit of violence. You know, all of his life, Muhammad was fascinated by travel. He was childlike in his encounter, with new surroundings and new people. He took his world championship fights to the ends of the earth, from the South Pacific to Europe to the Belgian Congo. And of course, with Muhammad, he believed it was his duty to let everyone see him in person because, after all, he was the greatest of all time. The boy from Grand Avenue in Louisville, Kentucky, grew in wisdom from his journeys. He discovered something new, that the world really wasn't black and white at all. It was filled with many shades of rich colors, languages, and religions. And as he moved with ease around the world, the rich and powerful were drawn to him, but he was drawn to the poor and the forgotten. Muhammad fell in love with the masses, and they fell in love with him. In the diversity of men and their faiths, Muhammad saw the presence of God. He was captivated by the work of the Dalai Lama, by Mother Teresa and church workers who gave their lives to protect the poor. When his mother died, he arranged for multiple faiths to be represented at her funeral, and he wanted the same for himself. We are especially grateful for the presence of the diverse faith leaders here today, and I would like to ask them to stand once more and be recognized. You know, as I reflect on the life of my husband, it's easy to see his most obvious talents. His majesty in the ring as he danced under those lights enshrined him as a champion for the ages. Less obvious was his extraordinary sense of timing. His knack for being in the right place at the right time seemed to be ordained by a higher power. Even though surrounded by Jim Crow, he was born into a family with two parents that nurtured and encouraged him. He was placed on the path of his dreams by a white cop, and he had teachers who understood his dreams and wanted him to succeed. The Olympic gold medal came, and the world started to take notice. A group of successful businessmen in Louisville, called the Louisville Sponsoring Group, saw his potential and helped him build a runway to launch his career. His timing was impeccable as he burst into the national stage, just as television was hungry for a star to change the face of sports. You know, if Muhammad didn't like the rules, he rewrote them. His religion, his name, his beliefs were his to fashion, no matter what the cost. The timing of his actions coincided with a broader shift in cultural attitudes across America, particularly on college campuses. When he challenged the U.S. government on the draft, his chance of success was slim to none. That the timing of his decision converged with a rising tide of discontent on the war. Public opinion shifted in his direction, followed by a unanimous Supreme Court ruling. An astonishing reversal of, of fortunes. 
he was free to return to the ring. When he traveled to Central Africa to reclaim his title from George Foreman, none of the sports writers thought he could win. In fact, most of them feared for his life. But in what the Africans call the miracle at 4 a.m., he became a champion once more. And as the years pass, and those slowed by Parkinson's, Muhammad was compelled by his faith to use his name and his notoriety to support the victims of poverty and strife. He served as a UN messenger of peace and traveled to places like war-torn Afghanistan. He campaigned as an advocate for reducing the yoke of third world debt. He stunned the world when he secured the release of 15 hostages from Iraq. As his voice grew softer, his message took on greater meaning. He came full circle with the people of his country when he lit a torch that seemed to create new light in the 1996 Olympics. <laughs> Muhammad always knew instinctively the road he needed to travel. His friends know what I mean when I say he lived in the moment. He neither dwelled in the past nor harbored anxiety about the future. Muhammad loved to laugh and he loved to play practical jokes on just about everybody. He was sure-footed in his self-awareness, secure in his faith, and he did not fear death. Yet his timing is once again poignant. His passing and his meaning for our time should not be overlooked. As we face uncertainty in a world and divisions at home, as to who we are as a people, Muhammad's life provides useful guidance. Muhammad was not one to give up on the power of understanding the boundless possibilities of love and the strength of our diversity. He counted among his friends people of all political persuasions, saw truth in all faiths and the, and the nobility of all races as witnessed here today. Muhammad may have challenged his government, but he never ran from it or from America. He loved this country, and he understood the hard choices that are born of freedom. I think he saw a nation's soul measured by the soul of its people. For his part, he saw the good soul in everyone. And if you were one of the lucky ones to have met him, you know what I meant. He awoke every morning thinking about his own salvation, and he would often say, I just want to get to heaven, and I've got to do a lot of good deeds to get there. And I think Muhammad's hope is that his life provides some guidance on how we might achieve for all people what we aspire for ourselves and our families. Thank you. June 9th, 2016, Louisville, Kentucky. Lani Ali, the widow of the great Muhammad Ali at his funeral. You are tuned to Sports Byline. Here's an urgent alert from the Student Loan Hotline. The average student loan debt is $25,000. Have you been out of college for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? If you are struggling with paying off your student loan, if you are past due, we can help. Nationwide Student Loan Relief can now restructure your student loans 
we can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop harassing collection calls, and even eliminate your student loan payment. If you can't afford your student loans, or if you're past due and you need help, you must call right now. We will restructure your loan or your money back, and that's a guarantee. So call the Student Loan Hotline right now. 800-949-8707. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no-obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical, and some may not qualify. The consultation is free, and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Tired of paying outrageous prices for prescription drugs? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get prescription drugs at huge discounts from Canada Drug Center. That's right, the most popular drugs for cholesterol, high blood pressure, depression, diabetes, arthritis, and many more are now up to 75% off. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices when you can get brand-name drugs at the lowest price? Call today and get up to 75% off all the popular brand-name prescription drugs. Never pay high prices again. Get the most popular drugs at huge savings from our Canadian and international pharmacies and fulfillment centers. No insurance? No problem. Prices are so low you do not need benefits or insurance to get all your prescriptions fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting to take your call now. Order today and get free shipping. Just call 800-950-1180. Up to 75% off all the popular brand name prescription drugs and free shipping. Call 800-950-1180. That's 800-950-1180. Let's get out of this hot sun into a nice cool bar. In a few minutes, honey. Now more of Ring Talk. With Pedro Fernandez. Hey, you gonna sit there and let him talk to me like that? Nope. Let's go to some nice, quiet place where we can't hear him. He's got some nerve. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide via Sports Byline, a host of other networks, of course. And Muhammad Ali, we're talking Ali. Ali had a fine career, of course, 56 and 5, got stopped at one fight against Larry Holmes October 2nd, 1980. 37 KOs turned pro, of course, against Tony Hunsick with a four-round decision. I interviewed Tony on the radio about, I guess, about 20 years ago. He died about 10 or 15 years ago. He was a good guy. I think he was a fireman from Louisville, Kentucky. So it started with Tony Hunsaker and it ended, of course, with Trevor Burbick in Bahamas. So straight up was a 10-round decision December the 11th, 1981. Muhammad Ali lost two fights in a row, the only time in his life where he lost two fights in a row. He passed this year. June the 3rd, at the age of 74. Tough day for me. Tough show to do. But bottom line is, at the end of the day is, Muhammad Ali truly was a great man. And like he told me, when I tried to help everybody I could try to help, he says, son, you can't save every puppy in the pound. Until next time, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. <laughs> 